Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning, and we'd like to welcome you to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. We're very thankful that you've tuned in with us here on the program this morning. And uh, we'd invite you to uh, look at our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You can subscribe to our podcast and find past messages. And you can find a church locator. If you're not in the North Mississippi area, find a church that's closer to you. But if you are in the North Mississippi area, we'd love for you to come see us at Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church. That's in Caledonia, Mississippi. And Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman. And we also meet on Wednesday nights in Starkville, Mississippi at 6 p.m. Be sure and go and like Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page. We live stream those Wednesday night messages as well as the regular Sunday service at Sulphur Springs. And be sure and like Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page as well. We post our weekly sermons and other articles and content on the Facebook page. Also, be sure and check out Grace Alone Radio, a 24-7 internet streaming app with Primitive Baptist content. You can go to gracealoneradio.net and subscribe to that and download an app on your phone. This morning, we'd like to bring you a message regarding the God of heaven and of earth. So we hope you can stay with us here on the program this morning, and we'll have that message for you right after the song.
I'd ask you to turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Psalm 89 to introduce our thoughts. Psalm 89, and we'd like to read verses 5 and 11 to introduce the God of heaven and of earth. Psalm 89 and in verse 5. The heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. And then in verse 11. The heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. We're told in Jeremiah chapter 23 and in verse 24 that God actually fills heaven and earth. And it's just amazing to think about the fact that our God is just so big. He's so vast. He's so amazing and so majestic that we just can't fathom how big God is. Now, at the same time, God is a spirit. He told the woman at the well in John chapter 4 that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship God in spirit and in truth. But even though God is a spirit, he is still depicted as our father. He's depicted in natural terms. He's depicted as sitting upon a throne. And you can only imagine how big God's throne must be, right? As we are going to see how big and amazing God is, you can only imagine how big that throne has to be figuratively that he sits on, right? But this morning, I really just want us to stand awestruck at how amazing our God is and how amazing the God of heaven and of earth is. And I really can't articulate this or put this in the perspective that I would like to, but I want to, us to just consider a few verses that describe God in relation to the heavens and how big and majestic and amazing the God of heaven and earth is. So here in Psalm chapter 89, the heavens shall praise thy wonders, and the heavens are thine. I mean, can you imagine as big as the heavens are that we're going to think about in just a minute? As big as the heavens are, can you imagine owning that? You know, people really brag that, you know, I own so many acres. You know, I own so much land. And they're really proud of the fact that they own maybe even a couple hundred acres. Maybe even you own a couple thousand acres. But that is absolutely nothing compared to God who owns this entire universe. I mean, it is just amazing that this entire universe is owned by our God and how big and amazing our God is. And we just look up at the heavens. We look up at the stars and the sun and the moon and this creation all of creation, but especially the heavens, testifies of a creator God. Psalm chapter 19 and in verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for for the sun. The heavens testify of the glory of God. And every human in this earth, the Gentiles in the Old Testament, even the Jews in the Old Testament, but those that don't know anything about Jesus Christ here in this world, in the Amazon jungle, or in some third world 
world country that don't have access to the Bible or access to the Word of God, there is something about creation. There's something about looking at the world around us, but there's something especially about looking up at the stars and looking up at the sun and the moon, especially when you start studying science and realizing the size of our Earth in relation to our solar system and the Milky Way and the universe as a whole. There's many people in other countries that don't have that knowledge, but just looking up at the heavens, just looking up at the stars, the sun, and the moon, it makes man feel very small. And it should make you feel very small because that is so vast that we can't even comprehend it. I mean, we can only see a little bit. We can only see a very small amount of what this universe actually is with the with our naked eye or even with the telescope. And our God encompasses all of that. He owns all of that. And we look at that and there is a preaching that is declared by the heavens in every single language. It says there's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Preaching of creation, especially the preaching of the heavens, there is no language that the testimony of God as the creator of the heavens, of God as the God of heaven and earth, there is no language where that preaching and testimony is not evident because of the majesty of the heavens. And that's why we're told in Psalm chapter 14 and in verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I've heard uh, ministers say for many years, and I agree with it, that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He can't say it in his head. Even an atheist can't look at the heavens and not just the vastness of the heavens but the intricacy of the earth. You know, he's the God of heaven, the vast macro universe. But then we zoom in to the micro of the complexity of earth. There's no way that you can look at the complexity of earth, the complexity of animals, the complexity of cells. Brother Joe has spent a good bit of time recently on an extended series on so complex it's simple dealing with that, dealing with the, with the complexity of human life, the complexity of even at the, at the cellular level of DNA, and then you zoom out to the complexity of just the, uh, the earth, but then the complexity of the entire universe. Not just creation, not just the creation of the world around us, but the heavens. When you start studying those things, but not even studying it, not even uh, learning about the intricacies of that in a science class or in a astronomy class, but just looking out at the creation around us and looking up into the heavens and hearing the preaching of creation, the preaching of creation, that testifies to every single language of an intelligent designer, your head, even the atheist, their head cannot fully reject that there's something bigger than them at work. Now, the fool, the unregenerate, the atheist, they will reject it in their heart because they don't have a heart that's been changed by the Spirit of God and God has given them a new heart to be pricked by the preaching of the gospel and the Word of God and to understand these things. So, they have a stony heart, so they can't believe it in their heart. The fool has said it in their heart, there is no God. But there's no person that can deny it in their head. <laughs> there's no person, even an atheist, that doesn't believe that there is a God. Not even that man can deny in their head that there is something bigger at work. There is something that is beyond us that created all of this. And you feel so small, you feel so insignificant when you look up into the heavens. 
And we really should. We really should feel insignificant when we look up into the heavens. You know, I read Psalm chapter 8 and in verse 3, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. You know, when I consider the vastness of heaven, we're going to look at some specifics of that in just a minute. When I consider the vastness of heaven, they compare that to just the work of his fingers and the stars. Oh my goodness, the magnitude of the stars in this universe. And God tells them all by name and he's the one that set them in their exact place. The stars which thou art ordained, you consider that God owns all of that. He feels all of that. What is man that thou art mindful of me? You know, you should look up into the heavens at night when you have a clear night and you can see the stars. You should look up into the heaven and feel small. Why? Because you are small. We are insignificant grains of dust that God saw fit to breathe into our nostrils the breath of life and make us a living creature. We are small. We are insignificant. But isn't it amazing to think how insignificant we are but that God sent his only begotten son to die for these insignificant pieces, collections, formations of dust. Isn't it amazing? Isn't God's grace amazing? Isn't God's grace and salvation amazing? How is it possible that the God that fills heaven and earth would be mindful of little pieces of dust in a obscure speck of this universe, which is earth? In the big scheme of things, we're nothing more than a grain of sand in the entire universe. And we're microscopic beings on one little bitty grain of sand in the entire universe. How is it possible that God would be mindful of us? It's amazing. It's amazing that our God would love and take notice of us at all. So first of all, let's start at our earth and kind of expand outward and build up a little bit. And we think this earth is really big, don't we? We think this earth is huge, which by the way, I've had the chance to travel across America. America is one of the biggest countries in this world and have a chance to travel to Kenya. And it took us many hours of a plane ride a plane probably going 500 miles an hour. It took us two full days to get over to Kenya, to get over to Africa. This world is so big, we can't even really wrap our minds around this world. This earth is 24,900 miles around in circumference, okay? 24,900 miles. I mean, that's huge, okay? In a natural sense, in an earthly sense, where it takes me one hour to drive 60 miles, right? When I'm going 60 miles per hour, this earth is 24,000 miles around. That is huge. The earth is huge, isn't it? But our sun that we revolve around in our solar system, you can fit 1.3 million earths inside our sun, okay? So our earth is huge in our mind, isn't it? But you can fit 1.3 million earths inside the sun that looks so small up in the sky. So the sun is simply a star, and it's the star that our solar system revolves around, but the biggest star in the entire universe is UY Scuti, is the best way I can pronounce that, UY space S-C-U-T-I. And that star has a radius that is 1,700 times larger than the sun. So we think our Earth is really big, but our Earth is nothing compared to our sun 
and the sun is nothing compared to all the rest of these stars in the universe that we see as little bitty specks up in the sky. I hope you're feeling small. <laughs> I hope you're feeling so small in this universe. You know, we think about the stars. The sun is a star, and that biggest star in the universe that's even 1,700 times larger than the sun, you know, he created the stars as it reads in scriptures almost an afterthought. He created the sun, he created the moon on the fourth day of creation. And then it says, he made the stars also. And then it just moves on. <laughs> you know, all of this universe, by the way, all of this universe that was created, we have thousands of chapters in the Bible, but there's just one chapter. There's just 20 something verses that describe the creation of this entire universe in six days. And there's only a couple verses that are attributed to the creation of the heavens. There's only a couple verses that are attributed to the creation of the sun and, and the moon, but even as few verses as, as describe that, there's just one little bitty phrase that describes the creation of the stars. He made the stars also. He just threw them out there. You know that the Milky Way, which is our home galaxy, you know, our solar system is very small in the Milky Way, which is our universe, but it's estimated that the Milky Way is home to 100 billion stars. 100 billion stars. And then scientists estimate that there could possibly be two trillion galaxies and estimate that the average stars per galaxy is 100 million stars. You see, these are numbers so big we can't even, we can't even fathom this. Just to put this in a little bit of perspective, okay? Astronomers estimate that there is roughly 10,000 stars for every grain of sand on the earth. Now think about all the little bitty insignificant grains of sand. I mean, billions, probably trillions of grains of sand on this earth. And astronomers say there's probably 10,000 stars in this universe for every one grain of sand on the earth. So the stars are so vast. I mean, there's so many stars, we can't even write that many zeros, most likely. These numbers are so big, we can't even fathom them. But do you understand that God just made the stars also? <laughs> he just made them as an afterthought. He says in uh, Psalm 147 and in verse four, he telleth the number of the stars and he calleth them all by their names. You know, it's really impressive that God knows the hairs upon every single person's head in this world. That's impressive, isn't it? But that is nothing compared to God knowing the stars in this universe. But he doesn't just know every single star in this universe and exactly where it's at. It says that he calleth them all by their names. You know, there's some scientists that have given names to all these different stars, but God knows where every single one of the billions upon trillions of stars in this universe. God knows where every single one of them is at. And not only does he know where, I'm at, where they're at, he calls them by name. He knows every single star. And you know what? Isn't it great to think about the fact that God knows the vastness of this universe and he knows every single one of those stars, but he also knows even the thoughts and the intents of our heart. How is that possible? <laughs> I'll tell you, our God is amazing, isn't he? He's the God of heaven and earth. You know, we're told that the heavens are what? They're the work of his fingers. We're told that he stretched out the heavens with a span, which is the distance from your thumb to your pinky when it's expanded, maybe about six inches. So his fingers and his hand, his span, stretched out the heavens. Now, this universe is estimated to be 46 billion light years wide, okay? Now, I understand these numbers are so big, we 
we can't even fathom them. And it's just great that we serve a God that's so big we can't even fathom or understand him. But just bear with me for just a minute. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. So therefore, when you multiply that out for a year, light travels 5.8 trillion miles in a year, okay? So we said that the Earth is 24,000 miles around. But to put that in perspective, light travels 5.8 trillion miles per year, okay? Now that is one light year. One light year. So when we start measuring our universe, we have to measure this universe in light years. But understand, when we say one light year, that is 5.8 trillion miles. One light year is 5.8 trillion miles. And how big is this universe? It is 46 billion light years. And I don't even know how many zeros are after when you multiply 5.8 trillion miles in one light year and then 46 billion light years. I don't even know how many zeros are after that. But think about how big the heavens are. Think about how big this universe is. Think about how amazing all of those stars are, that there's 10,000 stars for every one grain of sand on this earth. You think about all of that, and it says that the heavens are the work of God's fingers. The work of God's fingers. It says in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12 that God meted out the heaven with a span, with just the distance between his thumb and his pinky, if he was a man. It says in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22 that God stretched out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Now, do you understand he did all of this instantaneously? I mean, this 46 billion light year wide universe was created at the voice of God. I mean, this didn't happen over billions of years. It happened immediately that God created this. And then it says he stretched out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. You know, uh, our God is so big. He's so amazing. He's so powerful. When he stretched out the heavens, it really wasn't that much different than us just hanging up curtains in our living room. I mean, that's just a regular Saturday afternoon activity, isn't it? You know, the wife wants you to put up new curtains. I'm, I'm just going to take a little bit. I'm going to stretch out some curtains, put some new curtains up, and I'm going to pitch a tent in my backyard. We're going to go camping. We're going to pitch up a tent. You know, that's not a big, hard thing for us to do. It may take an hour or so to hang those curtains. It may take a little bit to pitch that tent, but that's nothing for us, isn't it? Well, it was so insignificant in God's dwelling in eternity <laughs> that it's no different for God to create the heavens than it was for us to just put up curtains or put up a tent. But this universe is 46 billion light years wide. And God hung that just like we would a curtain. And you know what? It's just the work of his fingers. It's just the work of his fingers. Understand, God's a spirit. And we can't put God in an earthly box and think that he's like us because God's not like us. But at the same time, God dumbs down the Bible to speak on our plane to where we can just understand a little bit about him, okay? So if this was to scale, think about a universe in the heavens that's 46 billion light years wide, but yet God did all of that with just his fingers. If the heavens are equivalent to the size of just God's fingers, and we think about the size of our fingers in relation to our entire body, how big would God be if he just stretched out the heavens with his fingers? If the heavens are equivalent to his fingers, this 46 billion light year wide universe is just equivalent to the fingers of God, then how big would God's whole body be? <laughs> 
I'll tell you, God's amazing, isn't he? God's amazing. And I just can't even fathom that. But isn't it great that we serve a God we can't fathom, we can't understand? It says that God is so big, he fills the heaven and the earth. He fills the heaven. I mean, this universe that's 46 billion light years wide, God fills it. I mean, and he knows everything that's happening on this universe. Now, I don't believe scripturally that the Bible supports that there is life outside of earth because God created life on earth for a purpose with an intention. And I don't believe that God created life outside of what we have recorded in the Bible. Okay, so I don't believe there's life out in some other universe because if that was something we needed to know and if it was relevant to us at all, God would have told us about it in his word. But think about how microscopic, you know, we really need some perspective. We think someone that's seven foot tall is really big and maybe even a giant. We think that our houses are big, our state is big, our country is big. We even think that our earth is big. This earth is insignificant. This earth is a little bitty ground of sand compared to this universe. But on that little bitty grain of sand, there were some people that God saw fit to love. And that's just amazing. Going back to Psalm chapter 8 and verse 3, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? And by the way, how is it possible that the God that fills heaven and earth could scale himself down to such a microscopic degree to become a man just like me and you and dwell on earth? I mean, how is it possible? <laughs> How's it possible that the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in a little bitty mortal man just like us? You see, the Son of Man visited us. And he didn't just visit us. He visited us for the purpose of saving us from our sins. When I consider the heavens, when I consider the work of thy fingers and the vastness of this universe, and God's just so big, why would he take notice of us at all? The answer is he shouldn't. The answer is that God is way too busy running this universe. He has no business listening to prayers of David Wise, listening to the prayers of people like you. But our God is so good and so loving that he does. And I hope that you can have just a little bit of an understanding of that this morning, to see that God fills heaven and earth. The heavens are so vast, we can't even understand it. We can't imagine it. But yet, our God loves us anyway. We're so insignificant. We're just little grains of sand. We're just little pieces of the earth that God gave life unto. But our God loves us in spite of how insignificant we are. Let's just praise our God. Praise the God of heaven and earth today that he saw fit to love and to save such insignificant creatures in this universe as me and you. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you this morning. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. 
You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a primitive radio broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus.